Hello Smart Girls, welcome back to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. We are all friends here, so I have no doubt that you are fully aware of how much I am a passionate advocate for mental health. When I created Smart Girl Tribe, you may know I was 19 years old and desperately wanting to be a writer. My ethos didn't align with the major publications at the time, they seemed to really be focusing on sex, weight and boyfriends. I set out to create a hub that would focus on issues that matter, such as mental health and social issues affecting young women. If you have read the Smart Goals handbook, you will know that it really snowballed by the time I had graduated. I knew it could be full-time and that chapter in my life really gave birth to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast and I was determined to have those, I like to refer to them as therapy topics. I wanted to create a space where we could talk about the inner child, navigating conflict, anxiety, because in my opinion you're never too young to know about these things and learn how to navigate all of the above. One thing I have noticed over the past couple of years is the connection between shame, authenticity and vulnerability and trauma. So because of that, I really wanted to invite an expert on to have a very casual conversation about those topics and the connection between them. There are a lot of takeaways in this episode, no matter if you are just starting to understand what trauma is, or even if you are an expert and know everything there is to know about vulnerability and or shame, there is something for you here. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I loved recording it. Hello Marcia, welcome to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Now we all have trauma. For anyone new to this, how can they work out what trauma they are storing in their body? Marcia, welcome to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Now we all have trauma. For anyone new to this, how can they work out what trauma they are storing in their body? Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, So what I I would say uh, is that trauma is usually stored in our fight, uh, fight, flight, freeze. And and of course, it targets our nervous system, our responses as well. So most of these, basically, our emotions, they get trapped as well in the muscles, movements and sensations in our physical body. So, and this manifests the trauma that we have experienced usually manifests in a way how we feel towards others. And also we tend to carry certain patterns and behaviors. And that's how trauma is shown. Um, so yes, and that's why how this is how trauma gets stored in our body. Are there different types of trauma? Yes, there are different types of trauma. I would say there is uh, acute trauma, chronic and complex. So acute trauma results from a single incident, 
could be such like in a car accident, a natural disaster or assault. So chronic trauma is, is, is usually result of repeated and prolonged um, experiences of trauma, like traumatic events, such as domestic violence, bullying, and long-term illness. And as well, like uh, we have as well complex trauma, which is an exposure to a variety of multiple traumatic events um, that could be such family disputes, childhood trauma. Does trauma only happen when you're young or can it develop as an adult? According to some researches, we can actually, there is some scientific evidence suggesting that trauma can start in you in the womb. So Paula Thompson, she suggested that early pre and postnatal experiences, including early trauma, are encoded in the implicit memory of the fetus, uh, which is located in the subcortical and deep link regions of the maturing brain. And can you develop it as an adult as well? Yes, we can develop trauma as an adult. Um, again, through a traumatic experience, uh, we can develop uh, trauma in, in, our, in our adulthood and as well when we are young. So there is a different factors of different factors, such environmental factors social factors, we can all be predisposed to trauma. Does trauma only occur when you have been through something traumatic, Marcia? No, according to some studies, trauma can be inherited. So trauma can be passed through generation to one generation to another. So we call it intergenerational trauma. Being the expert, Marcia, why do you think it's important for us to unpack our trauma? So it's important to unpack our trauma so we can actually attain inner peace. And by healing ourselves, we also be be healing other generations, future generations. So when we unpack our trauma, we start to remember who we truly are. Can you explain how our trauma is hurting us then what would life look like if we made the decision to not unpack our trauma so when we don't resolve our own trauma we tend to try to escape so and the, the easiest way we try to escape from our trauma is to addict it to something and that's why as we see in our world many people get addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, because they are too afraid to face their own shadow, their own, they are too, too afraid to face hidden aspects of themselves and the trauma as well that it's related to certain feelings and emotions. And in order to keep the ego alive, we tend to numb ourselves from certain uncomfortable emotions and feelings. So when we acknowledge our trauma and emotions, we are attached to it. So, uh, we basically start thriving in our daily lives. But when we fail to do so, we operate in a survival mode with coping, with unhealthy, unhealthy coping mechanisms. Obviously, Marcia, talking about trauma, it can get very scientific. So I would love to know if energy plays 
a role in our trauma? Can someone else's energy, for instance, trigger us? I would strongly believe that someone and someone else's energy can definitely trigger us. Especially, I will give you an example, when you are in an abusive relationship with a narcissist, uh, with most victims, they tend to feel depleted. They tend to feel that their energy has been sucked because a narcissistic person often feeds off from your negative emotions. They literally drain your energy and they put you in a very uncomfortable situations. So that's how they feed off of you and your energy. I really want to discuss as well, Marcia, the bravery, the courage it takes to unpack your trauma. It takes a lot of vulnerability. So how would you describe vulnerability? So I would say that uh, the way I would describe vulnerability is that in order for us to be able to feel vulnerable, we have to expose ourselves in a very uncomfortable way sometimes. That's how we are able to show how we truly feel towards others. And also we are able to build intimacy with others. So that's how I see vulnerability. And what are the four types of vulnerability? The four types of vulnerability could be cognitive vulnerability, which results from unhealthy patterns of thinking, uh, as well as social vulnerability, that refers to the inability to handle the external stresses that one is faced with, as well as environmental vulnerabilities, this concept passes on the social characteristics and configurations used by communities to face challenges of physical environment and emotional vulnerability which is often described when we feel um, anxious and rejected ashamed we tend to feel judged and by others why is it important, Marcia, to be vulnerable? So I would say that it's, it's important to be vulnerable. So we are able to build strong relationships with others, but also we are able to build a strong relationship with ourselves. It's important to be vulnerable because it's a way of us as well to become authentic with ourselves. Do you think our society supports when people are vulnerable? Uh, I would say that our society, in my honest opinion, sometimes does not support when we tend to be vulnerable. In certain situations, there's still some stigma. And as well, people tend to fear and they, they tend to fear to expose themselves because they are sometimes they are unable to handle criticism. Certain situations, as we see nowadays, sometimes when people tried to expose certain situations and become more vulnerable, they often get criticized and they are more exposed to that trauma. And as well, people might feel invalidated. They might feel they, they're not getting the validation they, they are seeking from mm-hmm. public. But again, I would say that 
because of pandemic, uh, a lot of things are changing. So there is more self-awareness right, right now. People are tending to, exp to expose and talk more about the trauma, their abuse, and as well, they are becoming more vulnerable because they're trying to find healthy ways of coping with their trauma. What do you think our society craves more, Marcia? Aspiration or vulnerability? In my honest opinion, our society craves for, craves for vulnerability. However, we all have been conditioned to believe that vulnerability is linked with weakness. Mm. So as soon as we try to express how we feel, and we, we try to be open with others, we can be easily misunderstood and judged by our society. So to some extent, we all carry this burden of trying to be strong and happy at all times by having many aspirations. But in fact, when we're focusing too much on, on our aspirations, we're starting to neglect and reject hidden parts of ourselves because we only want to show the good within us to our society and we end up living a lie. For anyone listening who really struggles with vulnerability, what would you suggest, Marcia? What would the first step look like? First, I would recommend to build a strong relationship with themselves. So you need to build a strong foundation with yourself before you try to be vulnerable with others. So it's most likely that you won't be able, if you're not able to, if you don't have this relationship with yourself, you won't be able to be open when expressing your vulnerabilities to others. So we build a strong relationship with ourselves and we share all the vulnerabilities when we start practicing self-awareness, self-acceptance. And the most way, the best way to practice this is through meditation, journaling, and simply just by observing others. Would you, Marcia, be able to provide a couple of examples of perhaps someone you know, or maybe even in the public eye, who has been vulnerable? I'm going to give you two examples. We have seen uh, on TV, Rihanna, for example, she has exposed herself. She has um, has spoken about her relationship with her ex-partner, Chris Brown. So she was a victim of domestic violence. And of course, she exposed that time. She gave an interview and she was exposing the abuse. She was, she was explaining how that affected her so badly. And another example is uh, Amy Winehouse. So she had as well an emotional dependency um, with her ex-partner. Some extent, we we were all able to see it because she was heavily addicted to drugs mm -hmm. and alcohol. So she was using these coping mechanisms to run away from her pain and from her trauma. Do you think that vulnerability always pays off, Marcia? Yes, I would say that healthy vulnerability, when we are like healthy vulnerability, recognizes when to share and when to keep certain things to ourselves. So, and again, when we have 
a healthy vulnerability, we build emotional intelligence. So we become more aware, but therefore we will know ourselves. We accept ourselves and we know when to share certain things to certain people. A lot of people struggle to be vulnerable because they attach a lot of shame to their story, to their trauma. So how could someone perhaps detach themselves from their trauma or story in a way that will encourage them to be vulnerable going forward? So in order to navigate through shame and overcome it, we need to become self-aware of our own projections and traumas. So we need to be able to validate our experiences and emotions that are related and attached to shame, such guilt and fear, and get the reassurance. We need as well to get reassurance with people we trust and people that as well went through similar situations and experiences. That's how, in my view, we we will be able to navigate through shame and overcome it as well. Do you think we approach men differently to women when they are being vulnerable? Yes, I would say that in our society, we tend to sometimes give more credit to women when they try to expose themselves and be vulnerable. And when men actually, they tried to come forward and talk about their trauma and they tried to be vulnerable, people, they tend to perceive that they are being weak. And therefore, as we see, not many men, sometimes they expose what they have gone through because they carry this shame. And as well, society perceives as, as if he's being weak. Is there any language then we can use that will encourage or allow those around us to be vulnerable? Is there anything in particular we can say? Yes, I would say that what we need to do is just to be more open and we need to be able to to listen to others more. That's how people will start slowly to gain the confidence and trust to open up and talk about their experience and their their experience and the abuse they went through. So by being so, when we we are open and to listen to others without mm-hmm. judging others, more people will come forward to speak more about what they went through. And what is the connection between vulnerability and authenticity? So I would say vulnerability is the key core or the key source for authenticity. Mm-hmm. And authenticity is the key value of building trust with others. So in my honest opinion, I believe that vulnerability is the driving force of connection. And authenticity is the driven force for expression. Mm-hmm. So we need, we need both in order to build intimacy with others. What is your favourite quote, Marcia, or even the mantra you live by? Primary relationship is within myself. 
all others are mirrors of it. As I learn to love myself, I automatically receive the love and appreciation that I desire from others. If I'm committed to myself and to my living truth, I will attract others with equal commitment. And my willingness, my willingness to be intimate with my own deep feelings creates the space for intimacy with another. So as I learned to love myself, I receive the love I desire from others. So this quote is from Shikiri Bain, in a way. So this is my favorite quote. Mm -hmm. So in mantra, I live by the Oponopono. So by the words, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. So if you say these words to yourself daily, you actually building, you will start building a strong relationship with yourself and you start accepting hidden aspects of yourself, hidden parts of your personality mm -hmm. and release shame and guilt that you tend to carry. Beautiful. And what podcasts or books would you recommend on this subject, please, Marcia? So trauma, authenticity, shame, or even vulnerability? Book from mm -hmm. Shikin, uh, the relationship handbook, a path of consciousness, healing and growth. So this book basically talks about the relationships that you have with others. Sometimes we tend to adapt certain roles um, in certain relationships. And when there is no awareness of these roles, it's so easy sometimes easy it's so easy to sometimes to fall into this victim mode and blaming others for, for things that happen to us so I would me myself I would recommend this book so you can become more self-aware of certain patterns certain roles that you have been playing in your life and you have been as well <clears throat> playing with other people so Yes, I would definitely recommend this book. Thank you, Marcia, for coming on to the podcast today. It was wonderful to meet you. Thanks so much for inviting me for this podcast. It was a pleasure to give my to be able to talk about thank you for listening to the smart girl tribe podcast i am your host scarlett v clark award-winning founder and ceo of smart girl tribe the uk's number one female empowerment organization host of this top rated podcast the smart girl tribe podcast and author you are my community my family so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private facebook group the smart girl tribe society or on twitter or instagram at smart girl tribe